from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined remotely via Zoom meeting by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. So uh, real, real quick, guess what happened uh, yesterday? Okay. Okay. What? <laughs> so, so I'm riding by Krispy Kreme and I remember our show that you and I had done yes. where we talked about the free donut. So I went in there to get my free vaccination donut for the day. And it was very interesting. They gave me the donut. They didn't even ask me for my vaccination card. Well, you look I, honest. <laughs> I appreciate that, Barbara. Well, here's something interesting. I want to get your thoughts real quick on the person behind the counter. And this is anecdotal. He said that they sell more donuts in the aftermath of giving away the free vaccination donuts than they typically do. And in fact, they were sold out. They had very little inventory when we got there. And I was wondering, is there anything that we in cognitive psychology, behavioral psychology- Oh, we know about that phenomenon. Why do they give away a free ice cream cone on your birthday? Mm -hmm. You bring all your friends in to celebrate your birthday party. It's a- Brilliant strategy. It's, it's right. amazing. And I got to tell you, I love the free donut and I might be going there every single yeah, day. But you got the them of- fooled. You only <laughs> took one. <laughs> I only took one. That's right. But it was really fascinating too, but they're, re- they're holding up on their promise. So I was, I was impressed by that. So. But it, what's interesting about it is, as you know, it is a common strategy that's done a lot in birthdays. The thing that's controversial about it is that vaccination has become political. Yes, so it yes. still is somewhat polarizing in that sense. Yes. Yes. But I did think that was interesting. What have you got for us today, Barbara, on the show? I'm excited. Yes. So in this first half, we're going to play our hit and miss game of the week. And uh, I'm sure you have one, but I'm so excited to start. I want to start. But let me introduce um, our guest who's going to join us in the discussions of our hit and miss. We have with us today, Scott Nover, who's a platforms reporter at Adweek, and he covers social media companies and their influence. And that area is heating up. So we're always glad to talk about that area with him. Welcome, Scott. Thanks so much for having me back. It's great to be here. Okay, so I'm going to start with mine. I'm going to go first because you told your Krispy Kreme story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my story is a marketing story, but it's in a bigger, it's a bigger platform. And I got a hit and a miss. And the hit, and it's on the same topic. So I'm going to introduce them both and then see what you guys think about it. So the hit was, today I open up my Philadelphia Inquirer newspaper and the big headline is Center City, which is the center where we live. Uh, Well, I live, you live in a different part, but it's similar (laughs) to Center City, is welcoming back bigger crowds as vaccination rates rise. And I saw it personally myself over the weekend, people Mm -hmm. out and about, Mm. our central park. Everybody's out. The stores seem to be open. So that I thought was a huge hit. And I was really excited to see Mm. summer start. Mm -hmm. Then I open up the New York Times and the New York Times has this big headline, which I consider the miss. Reaching herd immunity is unlikely in the U.S. experts now believe so that they do not think the vaccination rate Mm. will ever get high enough. There won't be enough natural immunity. The vaccine is is the vaccine mutations are 
spreading too quickly. So the, the herd immunity rate, according to this, is something like 80%. And we're very unlikely to see vaccination rates go up to 80%. So wow. that's a hit and a miss in the same morning, seeing both wow. of those, both two sides of the same question. And yeah. what I thought I'm really interested in your perspectives on it is what does all this mean for retail, especially mm, retail right. over the summer? Right. So Scott, let's start with you and then let Americus give us his wisdom. I mean, I think it's a positive thing for um, for in-person brick and mortar retail. Um, I think that it's a real, something I'm really interested in as uh, someone who covers the internet and social media is how many transactions are actually going to happen over the internet and um, how what's going to happen to the, these platforms that have been seen their, their usage skyrocket during the pandemic because there's nothing else to do. So I'm um, more interested in seeing kind of the losses, if any, you know, from, you know, e-commerce, um, you know, I think I think brick and mortar will finally have a little bit of life into it. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, you know, I think and that's America's you and I were on a teaching meeting today and we're discussing the same things in our teaching, this hybrid, mm-hmm. this new model, what it means, because <laughs> right. um, we're supposedly going back into the classroom in the fall, but it won't be 100 percent back. So right. we're going to mm-hmm. have to. And I think more generally, marketers are asking all over the place, mm. what have we learned from the last year? What's the new normal going to be? Mm-hmm. We're not going to lose like you're talking about, Scott, the platforms. But we're excited to get back into the stores. We're excited to get back into the classroom. Mm. So this is like a huge paradigm shift. Mm. Americus, what are you thinking about all this? That's fascinating, Barbara. I mean, I I think that consumer memory is fleeting. (laughs) So as soon as someone gives you the, the slightest nudge to say, you know what, there's a vaccine, I think everything goes out the window and people almost forget like what has, what, what has transpired over the last year and a half. It's like, it's like, okay, let's just jump right back into this. And there's just, I I don't know. It's just like, there's so much, I think, pent up uh, frustration, maybe what's the word, Barbara, pent up readiness to just get back that people don't really understand the nuances of science and the contours around how all of this, 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 this new normal, this disruption got started in the first place and has to evolve before there actually is a safe way to move forward. So you know, I, I'm guessing that it, it, the whole idea is like left consumers' minds so fast. And the other thing that's interesting, Barbara, is you layer on top of this the social proof aspect. This is what Robert Cialdini talked about when he says when you see other people doing all kinds of uh, – or when you see other people doing different things – or sorry, doing the, doing the same thing, it gives you the feeling inside psychologically, okay – this must be the right thing to do because everybody's doing it. So I would imagine that this sort of movement towards just all bets are off. Let's just jump back into the fray. is probably going to be amplified over time. And that's probably good for the stores in some sense, but what are your thoughts on that? I have so many reactions to what you said. Let me first start with the Cialdini thing, because um, that idea that social proof or seeing what everybody else is doing and that's influencing your behavior. I also read an article that some people believe that's the best way to get other people vaccinated. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much discussion about behavioral economics and nudges and frame it this way or advertise mm-hmm. it that way. But some of the social psychologists think, really, the best way to do it is when all your friends get vaccinated and you see yep. everybody else around yep. you, that's mm-hmm. going to be the most influential. Yep. So I agree with that theory. You know, all this framing and, and new math is yep. not as, as influential as friends and family. That's you know? a great, I, I love that point, Barbara. And I want you to jump in on this, Scott, as well, because 
I, I think that's huge, right? I think about what would I say, and I, I personally would would be uh, persuaded by a, an advertisement by the CDC because I believe in science and all that stuff. Uh, but your point's correct, Barbara, which is that the, it, when Barbara says go get vaccinated to her close friends, that's what you do. I mean, that's right. I mean, it's it's, just, it's a straight referential word of mouth kind of a thing. What are your thoughts, Scott, on this? You don't you don't think Krispy Kreme is is selling? selling <laughs> well, wait a minute. No, that, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. I, I had no plans, and then it was that's the, funny. The, that's good. Yeah, it's donuts, right? Free donut at, it's friends and free yeah. donuts. That's a good point. I All mean, of a sudden, uh, I believed in science and. You know, <laughs> Yeah, well done. That's hilarious. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, Barbara, because I don't know, I, I feel like I'm ready to get back into it. But I do understand like our conversation about the classroom, there are complications about this, that we have to take into account. So hopefully, yes. Yeah, retailers are going to be thinking about this as well. So the other, you know, so I said I had two reactions. And one is I agree with that that point that you made, but I do think like with everything with this pandemic, there's this K-shaped reaction and it's heterogeneous response. And I've also seen people who like are scared to take their mask off. Mm. You know, even oh. though they're allowed to take their mask off outside, you know, now we have permission to do that. Mm -hmm. There are people who just don't feel comfortable and they've gotten used to a year of being afraid of germs or being being mm -hmm. afraid of airborne particles and it doesn't stop that easily, mm -hmm. you know, and they don't mm -hmm. believe, you know, maybe they believe in the vaccine, but they don't believe that the <laughs> disease is going to go away anytime soon. Right. So you got things all over the place. So I think what we're going to see going forward is this. And also to the point that Scott made, you know, these social media platforms have gotten a lot of traction. They're not going to mm -hmm. go away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So how do you merge all of those things? You know, how, what is the new world? What's the new world of retail? What's the new world of social interaction? Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine going to a personal party and having some online, you know, like on, online component to the party as, yeah. as a natural thing? I mean, everybody, maybe everybody sits at the table with their phones out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the recovery is really interesting, too, because I think that we need to separate into the summer months, which seem to be relatively open and, you know, life pre-pandemic. And then what seems to be coming in the fall is some sort of a rebound and, you know, a return to, you know, to the pandemic in a little bit in terms of, um, you know, cases, but also the pandemic economy and, mm. and, and internet use and some of that stuff. So I think like, it'll be interesting when, during the warmer months to see what, what happens and then whether or not it, it goes kind of back in the same direction yeah. we've been in for a bit. Interesting. So, Americus, what do you got for a hit and a miss? Or All right. So, well, I don't, I, I, I'm going to let you guys tell me what this is. I have one example that I thought was really interesting. So, here's a, da here's a data point. There were in 2020, Barbara, 842,000 houses that were sold, okay, in 2020. And I just came across this really interesting uh, new company. It's basically an app. It's called Casablanca. And the idea is it wants to be the bumble of the real estate industry. Ooh. And so the idea is that you sign up for the app and you basically put in your preferences, but it, there's a massive sort of AI and machine learning component where you can swipe right on things you like and swipe left on things that you want that you are not interested in. And the app will customize basically choices for you in your geographic uh, preference that fit particularly lifestyle things that you're interested in that are driven more by pictures in addition to the typical things such as I want this many bedrooms, this many baths and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And so the idea is that you, you cut out the middle 
brokerage firms and you work directly with a tailored set of real estate agents to create this, the experience all within the app from start to finish in terms of choosing, but also you know getting, uh, getting the process done and the sale done. And you get 1% back to you of the sale price of the property that you end up purchasing. And so I, I was wondering is like, what do you think about this? Like the, the notion of kind of a dating app metaphor if you will, and bringing in all of this stuff about like machine learning and like the more you use the app, the better it gets at being able to understand what specific stylistic and aesthetic preferences that you might have that may be difficult to articulate in the context of specific sort of features of a house that you might specify in static kinds of uh, interfaces and to create a kind of one shop, one stop shopping, the whole thing happens in the app, including texting the real estate uh, uh, professional who you're working with inside the app, the whole thing works in the app. So it's pretty interesting. They've raised about $4.1 million in seed capital. According to the TechCrunch, uh, they've done last year, they did $100 million in sales. Uh, so it's getting some traction and the founders come from a tech background. And so the idea is like to, to disrupt the tech space in this dating paradigm, if you will, but in the real estate market. And so I, I, what was interesting was I think I try to think about like how often do I buy a house? And I think that the statistic is the average is like every seven years. So I'm wondering how they're going to get, you know, what's the demand dynamics look like and all of this stuff. But what's your general thoughts on just the idea? Is this a hit or a miss, Barbara? You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of like how they moved to the match project with um, doctors, residents and hospitals and try to match it up. So we have history with that match. In fact, at Wharton, we let MBAs choose their courses with a similar kind of matching algorithm. Mm -hmm. So the algorithm and the idea of match has been around, certainly not in this market. Mm -hmm. My first question, and I don't know how this works at all. Maybe you know if you've read more about it or maybe they haven't figured it out, is how that affects the pricing. So if you get somebody to match up perfectly with the house, whose price does it, what does it mean in terms of price? Is yeah, price one of the criteria? Do you know, America? Yes, price is one of the criteria, but I'm, I'm not sure of the dynamics of how exactly how this works. But according to them, people love, this is a quote from uh, the research, people love that there is one place to book, manage feedback, schedule, communicate with the branded agent for one cohesive experience. This is what the founder is saying. We have a breadth of users from first-time buyers to people using our platform for $15 million listings. So I'm not. So it sounds like it's taking off. I mean, uh, and I'm wondering, like, is the younger crowd is this like their paradigm that they just they ease into this so yeah. easily because of this is the way we're used to doing this? Or what are your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, I've never heard of this. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. I think I have two two thoughts on it. I think it's. I wonder how it's working right now with just so much demand um, and really right, high, really high real estate prices right now. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't seem like this is necessary. You know, it, it seems probably better built for a, you know, a, a buyer's market than a seller's market, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who knows? Um, the other thought I have is that it seems pretty tricky in terms of like, fraud and 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 pictures mm. that might not actually match up and you know Just like in dating apps right you have real estate fishing it's like wait a minute i thought i bought a 15 million dollar condo it turns out it's a little shack yeah, now you catfish by a house um yeah, I, I think there's more you know dating the dating apps kind of work on this premise of you know whether you have some sort of attraction to um, to the person on the other side, I don't know if that's 
is the exterior look of the house, you know, the number one thing that, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't, from, I don't know if that's as strong of a preview image to swipe on. You know? Yeah. It, it's interesting because I, I think part of this challenge, Barbara, and get your thoughts on this, the, the more you use it, the more it will know about you. I do find it particularly interesting because I, I do believe Barbara, you tell me if this is the truth is, is truth in you as well, Scott, that when you can just look at a layout inside of a, of a home and kind of know immediately that's me, or it's a fast kind of thing, right? It's like, it's a judgment that just happens really quickly. So that's kind of cool to be able to look at a bunch of pictures and not necessarily pictures from a listing that you would buy, but here's an aesthetic that yeah. exists out there. And you, and you, and you give me it over and over and over and over again, what you like and like and like, and I can learn what that aesthetic is. And then I can match it to something that's out there in the marketplace. So yeah. me, that's kind of intriguing. One more way you and I Americans are so different. <laughs> I mean, I believe what you're saying, but I'm very cognitive about things, not as visual on, on that kind of sense. So uh-huh. I don't have any clue what a house that my dream house looks like. Uh-huh. You know, it wouldn't occur to me until I just started looking at the functional variables, thinking oh, about the schools, you know, the size of the plot, stuff that's like fair. that. That's fair. It, remi- it reminds me of Stitch Fix a little bit, yeah. the uh, mm-hmm. clothing company. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with Stitch Fix, you kind of, you know, they customize an algorithm around, you know, the intangibles of what you really like. And maybe you, with the houses, you might not know the certain style or, you know, you might not know the terminology and the mm-hmm. same thing with the clothes, but mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. with Stitch Fix, you can, you receive some sort of clothes that people have picked out, then That's you can try it on and see how it looks. But you know, a lot of what Stitch Fix uses, what you're, what you're saying yeah. is absolutely right. They have data, machine learning, and they have experts, but they also kind of start with like bestsellers um, and they start with the best-selling trend. So they kind of have something to start it. In the housing market, one of the things that's so interesting about it, especially in the used house market, you know, resale, is that it's so idiosyncratic, all of these houses, and there aren't bestsellers, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and there are it's so many factors. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, they have launched so far, Barbara, in Colorado and New York City. And so, uh, you know, it's New pretty York interesting. New York City, what a mess. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> but it is, it is pretty interesting because they are claiming that you know they've get, gotten a lot of the so, so since launching the app in october casablanca has made more than 100 million in sales and is projected to reach 280 million in sales this year between its new york and its denver launches wow. so well remains work, to be seen doesn't it working in new york uh, operating in new york will boost that um that revenue number <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's right i just bought a toilet for half a million bucks yeah they'll, they'll be they'll be operating in bel-air and um, <laughs> hollywood interesting yeah well that's our hit and miss for this week i had a hit and a miss and well you tell me barbara is that is that a hit or a miss question mark i think remains to be seen is my vote what do you think scott i think it's a miss i think that the number one and two and three reasons that people buy houses are locations schools you know interesting uh, i think that there's too much commonality between one house to another i haven't used the app but if they're going off physical features especially like the exterior i don't know if that's as strong of a sell interesting so now let's turn to you scott you're a reporter you come and bring us news of the day and news of the week and tell us some of the things you've been looking at that we should know about sure so this is a big week in the advertising world it's um new fronts week which is um basically where so with upfronts week upfronts is is when the television networks go to advertisers and they try to market their shows for an entire season and advertisers can uh spend you know less money and get a good deal in advance and Mm. new fronts is basically when the social media platforms the streaming services go and do the same thing so uh, there's a 
a run right now to basically present and, and court a bunch of advertising dollars, um, you know, to the non-traditional players, the streamers, the smart TV companies, mm-hmm. um, the social media platforms that have original content. So that's, that's uh, happening this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, just started today and goes through the end of the week. Uh, so we'll be covering some of those presentations for ad week. Um, well, how does that differ from the traditional way? What you have you done this before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, so how they how it differs from like the networks? Yeah. It's kind of a scaled down version of of the similar. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, in pre pandemic times, big presentations. Uh, you right. know, one of the big um, theaters in New York, and it's a you know, there's a lot of dinners and lunches and fun things that aren't a Zoom presentation. Um, so during the pandemic, it's it's really a Zoom presentation. Um, and uh, and yeah, so it's it's kind of a scaled down version of it. There aren't, you know, not every social media platform has a robust lineup of original content to sell. But um, mm-hmm. the but the demand to get advertising dollars is, is still very much there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty interesting. And what have you been seeing about the news in the so? I mean, I, I we talked offline a little bit. Americus and I are continue to be interested in Clubhouse, but I yeah. think you've been telling us maybe it's 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 not as popular as it once was, or yeah, it's I think too the, crowded, um, so no one goes there anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, it's uh, yeah, the club. Um, <laughs> there's real clubs together. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we got numbers today from um, Sensor Tower, which is a, a company that tracks you know how many times people download a given app, oh. and their numbers for April, Clubhouse's numbers for April were abysmal. Um, it was oh, under wow. a million, under a million new downloads across the world, um, and that's down from nine million in February and two wow. million in March. Wow! Um, so now under a million. And so what's happening here is really interesting. There's a few different factors. First. The pandemic is lightening up. People can go do things um, mm-hmm. in the real world. Um, two, uh, Clubhouse is still invite only, and it's also oh. still um, unique to, to uh, Apple iPhones, and you can't use it on with Androids anymore oh. or, or yet. Um, interesting. And then um, the other facet, which is really interesting, is that basically every social media company and audio company is launching a version of Clubhouse within its own app. So you've got oh. Facebook, Twitter, oh. Spotify, um, and they're basic Reddit, Discord, LinkedIn. They're basically all betting, hey, this is not that unique of a product. We can build our own version and uh, build it into our system. Ooh. And it can be one of many things that we can Ooh. use for, you know, give users and sell advertising against and all this. Oh. So that's kind of the battle. Um, yeah. You know, Clubhouse has to prove whether it is something that is unique enough and has the right community to keep people there. Interesting. This is what no, Barbara that's... always talks about, though. She always hammers on this in her class, like differentiation. What are you doing that's sustainable, different? Sustainable differentiation. Yeah, it's like sustainable the, competitive the, advantage. That's right. So what you tell me, Barbara, what is the, the value proposition? Well, you know, that's what I was just going to say. You know, is, is it the story that any good idea immediately gets copied by the Giants? I did think that Clubhouse had some advantage, sustainable mm-hmm. advantage, because it had all the cool celebrities. Mm-hmm. And that seemed uh, to be some cachet that they could bank on. Scott, yeah. how come that didn't work in this case? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't write the obituary for Clubhouse yet, but <laughs> though some people are. I mean, but, but it sounds like you've got the pin out, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I might have done a pre-write. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think the most recent like test case of this is TikTok, right? 
TikTok was basically they tried to copy mm. Facebook tried to copy it with Instagram Reels. Mm. Um, YouTube has a version. You know, there's a bunch of different. Snapchat has a version, but what they don't really have is that kind of community and all the features and the interactivity um, and the and just whatever that special sauce that TikTok has. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's kind of what Clubhouse needs to prove right now. Um, the celebrities. I mean, I think the challenge is, you know. Um, where are celebrities anyway they're on twitter and twitter has its own product and you know they're going to if if it pops up they already know how to use it they don't have to go to a new app download something Mm. figure out the interface um and so twitter actually made an offer um i believe they they tried to buy clubhouse and were turned down um and that might come back to haunt them in the end it yeah, could be a Netflix blockbuster kind of thing, huh? I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Reed Hastings was laughed out of the room. He was. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. Really quickly, Scott, give me your hot take on if you know anything about this. And you as well, Barbara. Roku and YouTube. Have you heard about this? There's something what going happened? on with the, the, Roku. Is, oh, is Roku kind of, kicked off YouTube what's, from its What's platform? going on with that? Yeah. Any, any word on that? I don't know, but um, I mean, Roku has been a really serious competitor in the media space um, in the last few years. I mean, their stock has shot up mm-hmm. an exorbitant amount of money. They're a serious, serious player in smart TVs. Interesting. Um, and so they have, they're another platform. So when, you know, um, you know, you know, YouTube is, 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 and, you know, the individual apps, um, you know, are going to negotiate and have disputes with the providers um, or the platforms um, and it's kind of you know the tables are kind of turning it's every every platform has its own platform you can keep <laughs> going yeah. up um, so I think something happened there where YouTube and, and Roku could not come to an agreement or interesting um, this week but I this is way too that. complicated for me Scott I can't yeah I think a lot of we look at it over the top OTT advertising yeah. and how yeah. all of that's working yeah, yeah that's the industry we have to have you back Scott to talk about OTT at some point too sure. thank you so much for joining us and where can our listeners go to keep up with you and your work sure uh, i'm at adweek.com uh, and uh, on twitter at scott nover well thanks a lot we're going to take a short break and when we're back we're going to talk about marketing at budweiser this is marketing matters business radio sirius xm 132 <laughs> 